Welcome to episode 163 of Crack the Customer Code. I'm Jeannie Walters, and I'm here with the MVP of Maximizing Customer Service, the one and only Adam Toporek. <laughs> what does MVP mean? Most valuable player. I thought it was like most victorious persona or something. Because oh. aren't we talking about personas today? Uh, no, we're talking, well, sort of. We're talking about journey mapping. Personas are part of them. Thank you. I tried to do a segue. <laughs> Don't segue block me, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I mean, M most valuable player still works, though, right? It's you don't want to be a persona. You stepped on the segue. It was just a segue. You're a full person. <laughs> I'm a full person. I'm multidimensional. Yes. <laughs> Live and in 3D. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about journey maps today. Because, you know, I think it's been a few episodes <laughs> since we've talked about them. But in a, in a different way, because one of the things that I've been hearing a lot of lately you know, we've talked a lot about kind of the challenges and the pitfalls of traditional journey mapping. But one of the things that I've been asked about a lot lately is, so, okay, we've got the map. So how often and how do we update it? And I think it's a great question that a lot of people don't ask until three years down the road when it becomes a whole, uh, a whole thing. <laughs> where they have to start over, basically, instead of just updating as they go. How so often does Rand McNally update their maps? Um, well, <laughs> most people use Google Maps now. You they should try still, it. They still make them. <laughs> no, it's on your phone. It's super easy. <laughs> There's ways. There are all sorts of things now. Yeah, nice. but <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're misleading edge tech, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I think the... The journey mapping question is so interesting because the minute that a journey map is done, it's already out of date. <laughs> it's like immediately because something's changed by the time you document all of that. Absolutely. And sometimes it's not even within the organization. Sometimes it's the marketplace or the customers or your competition or whatever. But a lot of times by the time you get it down on quote unquote paper, something's changed internally as well. You have a new product or you've sunsetted one of your products or whatever. And I think that the the point that frustrates me is when people do a lot around these journey maps, they take so much time and effort, and then they they start using it as a static instrument instead of a living tool. Ah, the living, breathing journey map. Sounds like a book. <laughs> It does. A children's book. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> For future CX professionals. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, first of all, any process, any, doesn't even matter, CX, but any CX process, yeah, it's the same principle. I mean, you, mm -hmm. it, it is always dynamic. It is always changing because the, the face of your organization is always changing and the you know, details of what goes where and who goes where and how they get there and yeah. all that changes all the time. So I would say, and I'll defer to your uh, judgment on this, but I mean, I would say that it's just a cost-benefit analysis. Mm -hmm. I mean, because updating for little things is pro maybe not worth the time or maybe you want a periodic review. What, what, what has your, been your experience? Well, if it's used the way that it should be used, which is that as things change within the organization, as you get new information, you you look at the journey map and you use it and you adjust it. 
I've seen organizations who meet once a month and they have a cross-functional team and they go through all the analytics and the feedback that they're getting from customers. And they say, oh, well, we heard that they don't want us to contact them this way. So we're going to only contact them this way. Or that's like a super simple example that <laughs> I don't support because you should just contact them however they want. Uh, but, you know, making a change like that, uh, you can do it easily. And so it doesn't become this overwhelming experience. But that's only if everybody is really invested in using the journey map. And if somebody like a department or sometimes it's a leader, hang on to it like it's their little baby and they don't want anybody to touch it, then they then it becomes much more arduous. Because if I am not empowered to suggest those changes so that they are made, then nobody's going to do that. And so the journey map will be outdated and it won't be used and it won't reflect the new information that we have based on the analytics and the feedback and the data that we're actually gathering from customers all the time. What's this feedback you're talking about? <laughs> what is this feedback you refer of? <laughs> refer of. Is that it's like, yeah. <laughs> you speak of, refer to. <laughs> That's good. This it's, is not a grammar podcast. Yes, we just are. Uh, yeah, just in wondering. case anybody wonders, we're, we are actually recording at like four o'clock on a Friday. So <laughs> it's been a long week. Well, this I is the post hurricane special. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah, I think that. Surprisingly, in a lot of organizations, the folks who gather the customer feedbacks, the ones who do the review of analytics, the ones who send out the surveys, all of that stuff, are sometimes removed from the people who are designing and executing the customer journey maps. This makes zero sense to me, but I've seen it over and over. And so you need to figure out as you're doing your journey map, no matter where you are, decide ahead of time when and how will we update this and who's involved. Because if you can answer those questions in an upfront way, then you can decide, okay, once a quarter, we're going to send out a, an updated journey map to everybody. Or once a month, it will be updated on the auto automatic, you know, uh, journey map dispenser that we use. <laughs> so I think as long as you make those decisions upfront, it makes everything easier. If you don't talk about it, then it's going to become static. It's going to become less useful. And eventually it'll be so outdated that you're going to have to start over anyway, which well, that, defeats the purpose. And I think, well, part of the challenge is, is how long this process is upfront to begin with. So you spend all this time, you do the map, you start doing the improvements and then, you know, a few months down the road, now it's changed, and you don't want to go do it over. You exactly. know, even that one section. I mean, nobody wants to do that. They're like, "Oh God, just yeah, you know, I just realigned my whole department, and we trained them, and yep. now uh, this doesn't go here; it goes there, and, and <laughs> blah, I'm done." <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's a good point because the other thing that can happen is leadership changes, and they have different priorities. So I think I've shared this before, but you know, I worked on a project for two years with a client. And then they got a new VP and he was like, yeah, I don't like that project. <laughs> <laughs> and literally it changed overnight. And I, I mean, it was shocking to everybody involved because we were just getting to the point where like, oh my gosh, we're winning. It's going to happen. And journey mapping can feel a lot like that where you spend all this work and it's arduous and it's kind of painful and you've got to figure it out and it's never perfect. And so when you get something that feels complete, it can feel really good. Like, yes, we're done check it off the list. And that's exactly when 
the work should really start, ironically. Um, and that's when you work on improvements and then need to reflect that in the map and need to make sure that it works within the map and that the feedback that you're getting from customers supports what you think will happen and all of those things. So it's it's a never-ending process. And unfortunately, I think we don't think about the updates like we should in a proactive way. So that's that's all I'm saying. Be proactive with your journey map <laughs> so that you know where you're going. There you all go. All right, so let's do a this. little map humor. <laughs> map humor. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right, well, let's do this. We're going to close out because we promised everybody a short episode. Y'all don't know we promised it to you, but we did. <laughs> Or at least Jeannie promised it to be. So one of the two. <laughs> but let's do this. Let's close out on how to approach this structurally, meaning you know how regularly, depending on size of organization. So who should be reviewing? How often should they be reviewing it? Should it be monthly? Should there be a, a sort of you know a smaller cursory review each month and then a deep dive every quarter? What are some best practices? Well, it does depend on the size of the organization, but I would say that if you have a large organization, any department or smaller group can actually look at their part of the map on a regular basis. So on a monthly basis, or I've seen this done even weekly when they're having the reviews of data, uh, which is great. So if you have a regular meeting like that, bring in the map, make sure it's up to date, make sure you know how to update it. Other organizations, quarterly is a really good rule of thumb for exactly what you're talking about, kind of the cursory review. What do we need to change next time? Let's make sure we update this in the next update, any of those things. And then you've got to update the map at least once a year, if not more frequently. But once a year is a good, okay, this is the new improved, you know, version 2.0 and then keep going. Because otherwise, trust me, <laughs> you will look back and think, didn't we do a map? <laughs> and nobody uses it. <laughs> and that's a really frustrating feeling. So make sure that you're using it on a regular basis and updating it on a regular basis as much as you can, depending on the type of organization you have. They, they always get used, Jeannie, just sometimes to keep coffee rings off a table. So it's okay. <laughs> Your work is valuable. <laughs> People value what we do. It's okay. <laughs> yes, exactly. At least for uh, for the foreseeable future until they get a new VP. <laughs> right. uh, well, I'm going to take our map and drive on down the road. So we hope you nice. enjoyed episode 163 of Crack the Customer Code. Don't forget to subscribe, check out all our episodes, and send us feedback at crackthecustomercode.com. I'm Jeannie Walters. Stay current on the latest customer experience trends and insights and see my TEDx talk at 360connects.com. And thank you to audible.com for sponsoring this episode. Get your own audiobook and a free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash customercode. And I'm Adam Tapor. You can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and training at customersetstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. Take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.